Ladies and gentlemen, you want experience during your football season? Well, buckle up, sweet cheeks. That's all we need. We've got all the experience in the world. This is I Want Your Flex with Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Mike and Dan break down everything you need to set your lineups. From position rankings to starts and sits, the guys help you make those hard decisions. And now, let's get your flex on. Here's Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Getting it set for week three of the fantasy football season. He is Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. This show is produced by the one and only Lee DeLapp. If you want to reach us on Twitter, I want to get the particulars out of the way. Get Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. You can always find the show at I Want Your Flex. That's where you can tweet us your questions, and we will uh, try to get them to you prior to game time on Sunday as week three is already underway, Mike, with the Jaguars and Dolphins. It's not the Battle of Florida because the Buccaneers <laughs> would have to be involved in this, but the Dolphins get their first win of the season while the Jags drop to 1-2. and 31-13, to 13, Miami gets the win on Thursday night. I would love to see Tampa tag in and we have a triple threat match because, you know, me being the big wrestling nerd that I am, uh, this one wasn't competitive. I mean, Gardner Minshew was terrorized and terrible all day long, uh, trying to play a little bit of, uh, you could say, hero ball coming off of the Tyler Hero big game for the Heat uh, on Wednesday night, but throwing the ball into traffic, making decisions that is normally not Gardner Minshew. Conversely, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who we always expect to throw the ball up for grabs and give you some opportunities uh, for short fields off a turnover, not so much. He was perfect, and off the jump, they had a couple of great drives in that first quarter and left the Jaguars reeling. This is one of the things, that, and you and I have talked about this in other podcasts before, when you're trying to analyze early in the season, and it's difficult. Uh, week one, maybe you have a little bit better feel because everybody's coming in fresh, but I think in week one and week two, you get false information. You really have to look at what you have, and I know Jacksonville played Tennessee tough, and they beat the Colts at home. But that Colts game may have been a, a, a bit of a mirage for how it played out. And I just brought up the simple fact that the Dolphins had to start the season with the Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. And now when you look at you know what the Patriots are and, and who they are, and I think we have an idea, uh, a better idea of, of who they are, a little bit better idea after two weeks, you really had to take into account that Miami just had two tough divisional opponents. And so now coming into this game, when you really matched it up player for player with DJ Chark playing, I was a bit surprised that Miami was an underdog in this game just for the simple fact of I just think they have a little bit better personnel than Jacksonville does. And uh, and it showed tonight. You, you know, to your point about Gardner Minshew, it did seem like he maybe wanted to put on a bit of a show. Ryan Fitzpatrick seemed to shine in that spotlight tonight. I unfortunately went up against him in, in one of my leagues, but I hope people took the advice that I said is if you don't have a top five quarterback, take a shot at Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. And he proved you well on Thursday night against the Jaguars well the quarterback draw was what puts you over right a couple of touchdown passes fine that's going to match up with a, a lot of guys that will play the rest of the week but as soon as he called his own number one for me as a guy who played Miles Gaskin after the litany of week two injuries uh, to see him do all that work and then Jordan Howard come sliding off the sideline to steal that first touchdown 
Fortunately, we were in a commercial break on Fox Sports Radio when, <laughs> when that happened. I, I just, moving forward, that we want to spend tons of time on no. a game that was already played, let alone one between the Dolphins and Jaguars. I do like the chemistry between Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker, but as someone who has Devontae Parker on my team, I'm just a little afraid of whatever what takes over because I think that chemistry could uh, could be affected. You mentioned Miles Gaskin being on your team. I think that he's a play going forward. I know Mike Isicki only had the one catch, but it was a touchdown tonight. I still think that he is worthy of plays depending on how strong you are at the tight end position. But when it comes to the other sideline, uh, James Robinson is it right now. Yeah. Uh, it may, right, maybe if DJ Chark comes back healthy, that that changes things. But otherwise, there's really just not much value with Jacksonville. No, you're going to find a QB two play with Minshew, and occasionally by week start would be my guess. Uh, so one is in the books for week three. Fifteen more to go. And my biggest storyline heading into what we have coming up on Sunday and Monday, Mike, just the enormous matchups that are highlighted on this schedule from Green Bay and New Orleans on Sunday night to the Monday night affair with the Chiefs and Ravens in a battle of AFC supremacy. You have the Cowboys and Seahawks in Seattle in a shootout. That's going to be the uh, America's game on Fox uh, 425 Eastern time kick. And heck, Raiders Patriots is is yeah. is something uh, of interest now, considering the start that the Raiders are off to at 2-0 and and the Patriots in their effort last week against Seattle. But just the monster marquee matchups is what really uh, I think has a lot of people uh, excited about week three in the National Football League but it also shows you that maybe the early schedule won't be as appealing because of all the primetime matchups that you have coming up after that yeah I mean this one is just one big heavyweight fight after the next right even Houston Pittsburgh Bill O'Brien and company down 0-2 already. Can Deshaun Watson get off the mat? Well, we'll probably talk about him a little bit later. Uh, My storylines for this are two quarterbacks that I'm just really curious about. I mentioned Drew Brees after that week one win over Tampa Bay. I think Drew Brees and his aptitude at this point, right, his ability to make these throws – got a little bit obscured by the fact that everybody was looking to skewer Tom Brady. Against the Raiders, you couldn't hide it, the number of missed throws. And that's not because Michael Thomas wasn't there. All these guys had been around, right? We talked continuity early in the season, Dan, and looking for where there's been holes and turnover or whatever else. The Saints are the Saints. They came back, right? So what is it with Drew Brees? Is this a work in progress and get the rust off or whatever? And then obviously we had the Doug Peterson, the great question answer about layups and and fighting uh, for his quarterback. Uh, we had backward baseball cap gate uh, on the network on, on Thursday. But what what is Carson Wentz? What are the Eagles at this point? And, you know, for a guy that would have been drafted as a mid-QB1, is he safe to play anymore? I I wouldn't. I, I mean, the quarterback in that game that I would want to play is probably Joe Burrow. Yeah. Not that the, not that the Bengals are going to win the game, but just of, of what you're going to get. Even the, even the possible, you know, uh, improved health of the uh, Eagles 
a wide receiving core is one that wouldn't make me think like, well, all right, this is the this is the squad that I that I want to roll with. That doesn't even do. I think you're going to see a lot of Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. Um, I just yeah, Elsh- like the return of Alshon Jeffrey doesn't change the issues to me that that Philadelphia has in the passing well, game. Well, you you lose Rieger. Deshaun Jackson is a deep guy and we know what the efficiency rate on those plays is. So that goes out the window. You got the tight ends and you got Miles Sanders. That's it. The, uh, the Saints Packers game. And when you bring up Drew Brees, I'm also curious just on the other side of the ball for what the Raiders did to the Saints defense mm-hmm. last week. And the, when, when you look at the numbers in fantasy football in the first two weeks, surprising. I mean, Russell Wilson's got nine touchdowns to start the season, which is absurd. <laughs> But what's also absurd are the amount of quarterbacks that also have thrown six touchdown passes so far, and Aaron Rodgers is one of them. And, and you know, for the for the questions that we had about Rodgers, I'm wonder, wondering if the Saints' defense uh, steps it up. The, Green Bay is a great offense, and they lead the league in great errands because they've got a couple of them in Aaron mm-hmm. Jones and Aaron Rodgers. If, if, if the Saints' defense does not show up on Sunday night and keep either one of them in check – this isn't a fantasy point. This is a plain football point. There are then serious, serious concerns with the Saints moving forward, considering how competitive that NFC is going to be this season. Yeah, just going to be curious to see who Lattimore is on. We'll talk about it as we get into the the ranks for the week. But with Devontae Adams most likely not playing, I mean, as you and I sit down to talk uh, coming into Friday morning, that, you know, MVS or Lazard, where's Lattimore going? Right. I mean, that's the big question sure. uh, as you as you try to break this down. But, you know, the Packers offensive line thus far doing a good job keeping Aaron Rodgers clean. So if he's got a clean pocket, he'll pick you apart. I mean, Aaron that Rodgers, hasn't changed. No. And, and, you know, there's some health concerns with Green Bay as well. Devontae Adams and his a bit of a hammy. Yeah. <laughs> Injuries are going to be a huge, huge theme that we've got in the National Football League this season. Uh, we already saw it. We touched on it on the last episodes. But uh, it's it's a good reminder to make sure your lineups are set. Check the practice report, especially on Friday when you've got those Sunday games. Very, very important this fantasy season. You mentioned the rankings. Let's uh, let's get down to them because it may factor in some of the marquee matchups that we have. And, and we'll dive into that as well with the, some of the hot plays and cold sores later. But let's get your top five rankings at the quarterback, running back and wide receiver positions for week three. All right, we're looking at starting it off. We're going to ride the hot hand. Kyler Murray just getting it to look. I'm taking Lamar Jackson and and Patrick Mahomes, and I'm just excising them, right? Because we're not. They're going to do what they're going to do. Sometimes they're cautionary tales. This week they play each other. Get some popcorn. Monday Night Football is going to be a hell of a ride. Uh, so those guys pushed off to the side here and and celebrated uh, with pictures on the wall. Kyler Murray, number one against Detroit. Detroit giving up about 22 points per game at the quarterback position. I know it's only two games, but you know what? In the NFL, they they count statistically a lot more than the the sample sizes uh, in your the rest of your life. Two and three come from that marquee matchup, man. Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott for what we've seen thus far, uh, just ridiculous numbers uh, across the board. Uh, Cam Newton going up against Las Vegas. I think you, me, Lee, and uh, eight of our closest friends could move the ball on Vegas a bit because look, New Orleans started. 
well and then drew Brees got a little erratic and then suddenly Derek carr darren waller we talked about this uh darren waller nobody bothered to cover him uh but cam newton going up against vegas i love it because even if they turned the script and put him back into the run mode uh, i think there's opportunity there against the vegas squad and number five as much as it pains me because of my hometown heart uh matt ryan's gonna wing it around why that defense stinks so the bears will still be able to put up some points but that means matt ryan flinging it around once again julio jones another top receiver on the injury list so russell gage if he wasn't picked up on waiver wire off the waiver wire this week in your league i have to assume he was but coming into waivers clearing he was only uh uh, rostered in maybe 20 percent of leagues go take a quick look because uh that'll be a pickup that'll serve you well I lost Cortland Sutton with the knee injury last week for Denver, so I did pick up Russell Gage. Not that you care about my fantasy team or anybody else does, but I did take your advice in doing that. And then there's there's this other question, and I do think that it's serious, and I don't like to jump to conclusions. I'm one that waits out on a lot of things. But has the torch been passed in Atlanta? Yes. I, I mean, it has? Yeah, Rid- Ridley's the guy. Yeah, I, I mean... Period. It's... Uh, I... I'm the one to hold off on it, but the the drop that you had on the gauge touchdown pass, there's there's always been the dilemma about Julio, especially when if you've had Julio Jones on your fantasy football team for the last ten years, you know exactly what I'm talking about because there's the 14 catch, 212 yard, you know, two touchdown game. And then everything else falls in. But at the end of the season, all the numbers seem to add up. And you're like, Julio Jones, top five guy. And you're like, but he didn't really do anything great for me, you know, like in mm-hmm. in, in 75% of the weeks that I played. And I think that there's a lot of guys that have been burned by Julio Jones. And, and maybe you're one of them because you're already on the Ridley thing. But I also then think there's on the other side of it, there's people who are just Julio, uh, you know, Julio till I die guys and will always put him in, in a top spot and i just i don't think that's the case anymore yeah i mean still a strong receiver but like we said gauge coming up has been a huge factor for them his target count is immense i think it's 21 through two weeks yep. plus the would have been a passing touchdown uh thrown in if uh, julio catches that likewise you probably then don't have spin the bottle onside kick and everything that fell out of that had that play gone down but yeah i'm a ridley guy i think we talked about it in the uh season pre preview of that was a guy that it was the hang a star on him Matt Ryan's a guy that for fantasy purposes and Julio to that point too when it comes to the touchdown column it's a crapshoot right I mean because Julio's put up receptions yardage week after week in in many of these leagues but you'll get the goose egg so if you're in a touchdown heavy league or you're not getting the point per reception it's it becomes a fairly smallish effort sometimes it's 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 crazy when you look back at like the, the numbers and and where he is because to your point touchdowns weren't weren't huge last year 1400 yards played in 15 games had six touchdowns and they occurred in four games so even like when he's you know in, in you know you're in a PPR league the receptions are there but you know in reality it's you're 
all right, how, how did he get 1,400 yards? Because he wasn't winning me any weeks. And that's, I think, is a, a great dilemma when it comes to, to Julio Jones. I feel like I need to do a deep dive column on that. I, I, I really think, like, it, because there are there – are, he has those enormous games, and then the other weeks you're just kind of like, all right, now the week you have when he's having that great week, you you know, you're invincible. But other than that, I think that's much more of the norm in his history. All right, enough about Julio Jones. Let's get to the top five running backs you've got for week three. All right, because they haven't bothered to show up at any game yet, uh, we're going to take Derrick Henry to run all over Minnesota. Still no Daniil Hunter one more time uh, on that squad uh, the abject failure last week uh, as they were run over and stomped on by the Colts it seemed like every time you looked up the Colts were in the red zone or threatening and then we'll get into Kirk Cousins because I've got to go to the confessional for that Uh, but I'm going to stay with the Colts and Jonathan Taylor going up against the Jets Uh, the Jets run defense was supposed to be their strength uh, go ask Raheem Mostert uh, and, and everybody else. So uh, I'm looking for a big day out of out of the rookie here. Uh, look, keep the ball, Phillip Rivers' attempts down, play defense, get out. Try not to get hurt against what is arguably the worst team in the National Football League. Uh, the Jets giving up almost 32 points per game to opposing running backs through the first two weeks. Yay. We talked about Kamara. Uh, big workload again for him going up against Green Bay. Uh, expectations there. Ezekiel Elliott against Seattle. I like that bull rush thing he did at the goal line. I wish I could put like a gif like that on my shirt or something <laughs> as I walked around town. It's like, you mess with me? This is what I'm going to do to you. Uh, and then uh, you mentioned the Battle of the Aarons. Yeah, Aaron Jones for me. Uh, give me as a receiver, as a rusher going up against New Orleans. He is my number five this week. Green Bay does have the top two errands in the National Football League. That is uh, for sure. All right. We did talk about uh, one wide receiver a lot in Julio Jones. Let's talk about some others now in the top five receivers for week three. I feel like we're going to get uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and he's going to be exempted pretty soon, uh, much like Mahomes and Jackson. But uh, we'll leave him atop the, le- the leaderboard here again. Allen Robinson against Atlanta. The, I expect the Bears to move the ball, and I expect off of his failures last week. That's right. I call them out both of those interceptions from Trubisky those are on Robinson unfortunately they still count for the quarterback uh, when it's all said and done cut off a route over the middle and then along the sideline the cornerback never had to look back for the ball Dan he literally just read Robinson's eyes and stole his lunch money uh, so yeah, uh, I'm looking for redemption here against the Atlanta secondary. Uh, but on the other side, Calvin Ridley is my number three wide receiver for the week. Amari Cooper against your Seattle Seahawks in what should be a scoring fest. And again, on the other side of that game, we're doing them in, in, in couples here. Uh, I'm going to take DK Metcalf all the way at the number five slot. That's, uh, I, I think in that game, somebody's going to want to run the ball or going to have to run the ball to try to keep the other team's offense off of the field. I just don't know who's going to do it. I'm going to guess I'm going to guess that it's Dallas. I could be wrong, but that I I I just I don't know if we're going to get 45-41, May, maybe we will, but at some point the other team's going to be like, "You know what? I don't want their quarterback on the field as much. We've got a pretty good running game. Let's end up doing it. I think Dallas may end up resorting to it. Let's get to your hot plays for week three of the National Football League. We'll also touch on the cold sores, although we don't want to touch those in the ninjas uh, as we have a, a great week three. Let's get into the 
Hot plays. Hot plays for the week. Uh, Joe Burrow going up against that Philadelphia defense. Uh, you're seeing the emergence of Higgins. Uh, perhaps he f- belongs in the ninjas, but we'll talk about him here. Uh, growing into the role, they've got a nice rapport going. I don't know that he needs to throw the ball 61 times here, but we saw it in week two against Cleveland, which is a pretty good defensive front, rolling the pocket and keeping his eyes downfield, something a lot of veteran quarterbacks can't do. Uh, they're too busy looking behind them for the rush. No, he's looking downfield, making plays. Ryan Tannehill against Minnesota. Look, we got to take what we can. Uh, Minnesota with that injured middle linebackers uh, and the defensive backs. Everybody's banged up. And let's face it, that front four has done absolutely nothing at this point to make life uncomfortable. Opposing passers should have a day. Uh, We had them last week. We do it again. Why? Because uh, we have to keep reiterating the fact that as much as you love Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson is a man. 82 and a score last week. This week going up against the planet Houston. I'm expecting more. This, this is a team, I, Houston, I, I wonder if they've got fighting them this week, right? The defensive line, they got after J.J. Watt going after his teammates after an ejection. Does that mean they're spirited and that they can actually get after Ben Roethlisberger? Remains to be seen. Otherwise, uh, Whatever the case, I'll take Deontay Johnson in my lineup. Jarek McKinnon, we had him in thinking he'd catch passes. Well, no, he didn't. Uh, But he was three for 77 and a score against the hapless Jets. Well, now he's got the Giants. They're, they're not they're not good either, Dan. Uh, So another opportunity, Joshua Kelly against Carolina. Curious to watch the offense week two. You had it right. Justin Herbert will be under center once again. So you'll be stretching the field, and obviously Austin Eckler's there. But Kelly has got a nice touch count week over week thus far. Uh, McLaurin going up against Cleveland. They're getting healthy in the secondary. doesn't matter. We'll still see some big plays made there. Uh, and Johnu Smith, who everybody's on board going back to that Tennessee-Minnesota game, Uh a little bit of an injury issue, but looks like he's going to be able to go. And he's all about yak, Dan. When we talk about yak leaders at the tight end position, an opportunity there. Uh, with uh, your Deontay Johnson uh, play, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, is still uh, a little dinged up, mm-hmm. so you'll want to check out his status. But I, I don't think that necessarily affects Johnson's situation. Maybe only increases it depending on, on Juju's status. And your point about the Texans, and I was going to use this in our three-point conversion, and I'll remind you, I don't want any of them right now. I, I, I don't want anything with Houston, and it may get to you, may be leading into your cold sores. Even Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. right now, I, I, I don't even know what to do. I think that there are other guys available, and especially in a week when you have to go to Pittsburgh, I just don't think this is the get-right week I'd, I'd rather see. And, I, and again, I know they played the Chiefs. I know they played the Ravens, and now they get the Steelers. Yeah. Um, tough start, but I just, just can't trust them right now. Yeah, Bill O'Brien, not a popular guy in the scheduling room no No question about that they got the 85 bears in week four so that should be uh (laughs) roll them out baby (laughs) let's go uh but yeah deshaun watson leads off the cold sores i just can't trust it uh this isn't jeff driscoll who you don't have a lot of tape on a couple of starts and he just started winging it around i think they're kind of salty because they almost gave that game away Right after what was a commanding lead, uh, and it it kind of mirrored what was going on with the Bears and the Giants. Of you've got this team down, yet you let them 
suddenly start moving the ball, putting big chunks together. That's not going to happen here with Deshaun Watson. They want to make a statement, look for that defensive front to get after Watson. And, look, Will Fuller's on the injury report, as always. Yep. Uh, The backfield of Johnson and Johnson, do you trust it? Against that front, no. The linebackers will come up and make some plays. Uh, and I don't trust any of the receivers one-on-one. So I, I think the only way you, you get me in here at all is maybe if I'm desperate in a daily fantasy league, I'll play Aikens. Like, but that's desperation. Sure. There's still plenty of other options out there. But uh, so Deshaun Watson, we take him. Uh, another guy, this is the cautionary tale. Look, obviously you're going to start him, but this is a bad spot for Josh Allen. Right, He and Stephon Diggs are having a grand old time. Uh, Aaron Donald has put up some uh, wrestling like he did a shoot interview more or less of, hey, that's cute, but we're coming, and we're coming for you, brother. I mean, that whole thing. I should have done it in full Road Warrior in honor of uh, the legendary Road Warrior animal, uh, my guy. Maybe I'll do my face paint like animal uh, next week uh, as part of the show. Uh, Baker Mayfield going up against Washington, that D-line. Like the rest of that team, eh, but they get after it. And the Cleveland offensive line leaves me a little nervous for old Baker uh, that he has himself a difficult day. Uh, Atlanta, Chicago, Todd Gurley, just 3.3 yards per carry, uh, and his yards after contact is negligible. Yeah. So he can beat it. Uh, And then finally, Ronald Jones, because, well, he got in the doghouse. The fumble, and then Leonard Fournette came in and started running amok. Uh, I don't, I don't know how much we see of Ronald Jones this week. Yeah, I think the Todd Gurley story has turned out how I think we thought it was going to turn out, and there were a lot of people that were hoping, well, and maybe the offense w- would end up opening up, but it just doesn't seem like there's any extra there that he's getting what he's going to get, and that's what he's going to get. What about the ninjas for week three? Fantasy ninja. All right, we'll start at the tight end position and work our way backward. Let's go with Dalton Schultz. He comes in up against Seattle. Nine catches on ten targets a week ago. This is one of the guys people spent a good chunk of free agent acquisition budget on this past week, Dan, because Blake Jarwin's done. So here's another option. And, look, Dak Prescott uh, spreading the ball around, but an opportunity here down the seam, as we we know, uh, find some work underneath against Seattle D. And then T.J. Hawkinson uh, is another guy that, against Arizona, you see his role growing, uh, the trust factor. Matt, he and Matthew Stafford digging what you got there. How about a little bit of a price shot? Uh, is uh, Michael Pittman Jr., four catches, six targets, 37 yards last week, but his snap count was up quite a bit, much to the chagrin of T.Y. Hilton owners. Uh, but against the Jets secondary, uh, that's – well, just not good. So while I'm, I'm expecting a lot in the run game, I think Phillip Rivers will have his spots as well. Uh, we've got Valdez Scantling uh, with Adams likely sideline. Now it becomes the question of is it him or is it Lazard for the big game? I'll go with MVS with a bit of a price shot. C.D. Lamb going back to that Dallas-Seattle game. Again, expecting points. Because mm-hmm. they come in big chunk plays, right? This is not 15, 15 play yeah. drives. Like these are quick strike offenses right here. And then one, I mean, look, I always have to include Mitchell Trubisky just because I'm wishing, wanting, hoping that eventually, uh, you know what? It's a clean sheet once in a while. Uh, but uh, AJ Green going up against Philadelphia, he was targeted a ton, and it wasn't pretty. 
right? The drop touchdown pass, a couple other drops. But when you're talking 13 targets, I'm going to think that that timing comes together. Is he going to be A.J. Green of two years ago? No. But there will still be opportunities in this offense to make plays. I, uh, You mentioned C.D. Lamb, and the thing I was going to say about him is there are guys who are the number three wide receivers on teams all across the National Football League. You even talked about a guy like you know Russell Gage in Atlanta that could be uh, rostered on your squad. The thing about Lamb in Dallas that I, I truly do believe is they try to figure out ways to get him the ball, and they make sure that they're going to at least have a few C.D. Lamb plays or, or, or opportunities where Dak gets him the ball, and I think that's different than other situations which is why I agree with you with C.D. Lamb, and I'll be playing him this week in, in one of my well, leagues see, because I go. just I think that they make they make an effort to make sure they get the ball to him. Just like you would maybe take a shot. Actually, it's not the same. It's, okay, maybe you take a shot with Henry Ruggs when you're, when you're the Raiders. Let's just, you know, try to open the field. I think it's – I really think it's different with Lamb. I think they're just, all right, let's figure out some plays. We can get C.D. the ball and let him do what, what he needs to do. And I think that that's, that's unique and that's worthy of him uh, getting a play. Well, but at least with Dak, it's he'll throw the ball downfield, right? With sure. Derek Carr, it's, it's rare, right? And they drew a big pass interference play with Ruggs downfield but he's generally not a guy putting it beyond 20 yards i mean yeah it's just and, that's just not the way they're built and the way Derek carr plays and it's more of a game plan sort of thing let's loosen this up as opposed to let's get the ball to cd lamb and i mean i made a song up about him last week so you obviously I'm, i am high on him those are the hot plays cold source and ninjas for week three now i'm going to give you one reason to bench or start a guy three two one Give me one reason. This week, I'm going to give you the one reason why you should start Matthew Stafford of the Lions. And I think there's a bunch of them. But if Kenny Galladay comes back, I think that really, really helps Detroit. And again, another Friday check on his health. Could be a game-time decision, but really trending towards playing and making his season debut. So with Galladay back on the field... I like Matthew Stafford. You and I liked him in the preseason, so I am going to give you that reason that if Kenny Galladay is back, start Matthew Stafford of the Lions against the Cardinals. Well, opens things up, right? You have to commit, and they're banged up in the secondary, right? On the other side, you know, we talk about Galladay and checking Friday's injury report. For Arizona, Buda Baker, amongst several others on that back seven are on the injury report coming into Friday. Sure. So perhaps even more opportunity. I've got Stafford as a back-end QB1 for this week, but it's one of those that I'm wringing my hands just hoping to see the good Matthew Stafford show up for this one. And there's always the chance they'll be down by 17 during the fourth quarter and we'll be throwing the ball around everywhere. I'm going to give you one reason to bench this guy, and this is where you and I go opposite directions. I'm benching Joe Burrow this week just because I'm worried about the roller coasterness of a rookie season. And it kind of goes along to the theme of opening up this show of we still don't necessarily know about these teams two weeks in. So while there was a lot of positive to take from Cincinnati and so much negative to take from Philadelphia, I just don't think that stays the course on Sunday. So I am going in the opposite direction where I think maybe Joe Burrow has more of a week one effort than he does a week two effort against Philly in week three. 
Yeah, it, th- and this comes back to just trying to figure out exactly what Philly is, right? Yeah. We talk about the offense a bunch. You know, when you you look at him from a, a defensive standpoint thus far, you know, they they've they've held their own middle of the pack against opposing quarterbacks, giving up about 18 points per game. So that ranks them 14th, 15th in the in the NFL. So right in the middle. Uh just Wondering if the extra couple of days and the growing confidence, hopefully not too much, right? Because we've seen guys start to get cute like Gardner Minshew did on Thursday night, where it's like, all right, stop feeling yourself and play within what your normal game is and make your throws. So we'll see what Joe Burrow can do and and how much Joe Mixon can help uh, open things up for that offense. If you're new to the podcast or maybe you're a longtime listener, that's great. That's awesome. And you may not want to listen to what Mike says, and you may not want to listen to what I have to say, but you are going to want to listen to what our celebrities say. Even celebrities have fantasies. Two chicks at the same time, man. Who better to set your starting lineup than the stars themselves? Hey, what's going on? It's Nick Lachey. Hi, this is Daryl Hall. And this is John Oates. This is Snoop Deagle Double G. Hi, this is Bob Eubanks from the Newlywed Game. They rack them, we rank them. It's Celebrity Selections. Mike, our celebrity picks for week three of the fantasy football season will have a lot to live up to because in week one, Josephine Scriver, the SI Swimsuit Rookie of the Year model for 2020, set the pace with 65.5 points in week one where we have our celebrities draft a quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver. She had Matt Ryan, Josh Jacobs, and Michael Thomas set the bar pretty high. Uh, Comedian Jeff Cesario, uh, who you may have heard in a variety of different places, including on his new comedy special and uh, his Chet Waterhouse came close last week to topping Josephine, but sits in second at 60.7 points for his fantasy lineup. And now we bring an Olympian into play 2008 Olympic silver medalist and three time world champion gymnast, Alicia Sacramoni Quinn is our celebrity picker of this week. And this is her ride. Again, we ask the celebs for one quarterback, one running back, and one wide receiver or tight end, depending on where you want to go. Alicia picked Russell Wilson as her quarterback this week against Dallas. Jonathan Taylor of the Colts as her running back against the Jets. And she went tight end going Zach Ertz of the Eagles against the Cincinnati Bengals in week three. What do you think of Alicia's lineup this week? Ertz, so good. Well, we know Wilson and Taylor are, you know, tops at the position, right? I've got them number two at both my quarterback and running back positions, respectively. When we go to the tight end position, well, you look at Cincinnati thus far, they are middle of the pack uh well giving up about 10 points per game to opposing tight ends uh literally middle of the pack so (laughs) solid and we know there's no wide receivers right i mean there's no wide receivers in philly like we talked about a little bit earlier so it's Ertz and it's goddard all day long so uh yeah she sits uh sets up pretty nicely and you know including russell wilson i know makes you smile as well it's a, I think it's a strong lineup from Alicia. You can find her on Instagram at Alicia Sacramoni Quinn. Find her on Twitter at ASAQ underscore three. And hey, even if she doesn't overtake Josephine Scriver or move past Jeff Cesario, 
when you're a three-time world champion and an Olympic uh, silver medalist and one of the most decorated gymnasts in American uh, history, you could sleep well at night. That's you, you got it's that domination for you. right there. There's yes. no question about it. So let's get into our Twitter questions of the week. Uh, I do want to bring in executive producer Lee on this one, uh, but I want to do it after I ask you a question from my neighbor. Yes. So my neighbor Keller is playing fantasy football teenager for the first time. He's in a four-team league, so these lineups, Mike, are stacked. Okay, these these are stacked. Heavyweights, so, no doubt. So, so when I tell you that Juju Smith-Schuster's got uh, a bit of a, a injury issue, uh, you've got Joe Mixon going up against those Eagles, and then you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on Monday night against the Ravens. If you had to pick two out of those three, who stays in and who is out of those three? Figure I got I got a bench Juju. Yeah, I think so too. Right, even if he's going, I mean, generally I'm a touches over target guy. You know, there are obvious exceptions to the rule, but we're anticipating points in that Monday night matchup. And even if Edwards Hilaire isn't going over the century mark, he's going to get his touches. He'll be active in the passing game. And then Joe Mixon against Philly, 15 plus touches has to get it done, right? And again, the fact that we have to make this decision, good on him, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'll Keep tell it you simple. what. It's 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 great. I love to see people getting started out in their young days and playing fantasy football. Uh, tough decisions, but uh, hopefully it works well for them. All right, Lee, executive producer at Lee Delap. That's where you can find him on Twitter. Uh, what are the uh, Twitter questions from Lee coming in week three? All right, you guys, believe it or not, last week I had two quarterbacks score over 50 points for my team, those two being Josh Allen and Dak Prescott. And I felt really smart for the fact that I started Josh Allen, and he went off to a hot start. And then Dak, of course, ran in three touchdowns, caught up with Josh by the end of the game, along with the Cowboys catching up and winning that game. So what do you guys think? Would you go with Josh Allen versus the Rams or Dak Prescott at Seattle? I'm going to go with with uh, Mike's rankings and go with Dak. Even though I think Dallas is going to try to establish the run, I still think there's going to be some bit of a letdown for Josh Allen at some point. I think that the Rams are a different team this year in how they play, and I think that you're going to see the way that they uh, they work on offense that maybe they'll want to try to keep uh, Josh Allen off the field a little bit. But I just think that the likelihood of points in Seattle make Dak the play. Yeah, I think on the offensive side, you'll see more of Daryl Henderson. He's the last healthy back uh, for the Rams uh, and that they'll try to contain. And for Josh Allen, he's going up against a fierce front seven. And like I said, Aaron Donald uh, has has the uh, bulletin board material rolling at this point. All right, you guys, I actually have a few more for you. I got Leonard Fournette versus Mark Ingram. Fournette. Yeah, I'd go with Fournette. By the way, I had picked up Ronald Jones last week and at least story about like you're thinking you're great at first. I didn't play Ronald Jones and I was so mad because he got in the end zone within right like the away, first 15 yeah. minutes. And I'm like, I'm an idiot, but you just got to be patient. You got to sit through the games, let everything play out. And sometimes you'll be all right. But uh, yeah, I'd go for that as well in Denver. Injuries have gotten me big. Traquan Smith or Marquez Valdez Scantling. Oof. I would go with MVS. I concur. I think, Smith, you might have a couple of pops along the way. Uh, This isn't the Vegas uh, defense, for one. Uh, But when you're looking at uh, MVS, I'll go with the more explosive quarterback right now. 
MVS is also this matchup because it's uh, Marquez versus Smith. So, the, yeah, we got that uh, in MVS. Nice All right, you, you got one more? I got one more. Save the tight ends for last. TJ Hawkinson or Noah Fant? Yeah. I love me some Driscoll and all, but uh, it's TJ Hawkinson. Let's just call him TJ Hooker from now on. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I'm all tuned into TJ Hooker instead of uh, Noah Fant. Yeah, Shatner Driscoll showed. And Adrian Zmed. <laughs> Driscoll showed nice in week two, but um, I'm still waiting to see it. And you know what? Tampa is still, they, they have a decent defense. Um, may not. Uh, always uh, show up, but I think that uh, they've they've got something. And again, Tampa's going to be still a work in progress. Just two weeks in, let's wait and see how this all plays out. All right, let's wrap this baby up with our three point conversion. Uh, I'll take the lead on this, Mike, just to to put a bow on on my things that I want to get out there. Number one, it's a short week for the Raiders traveling, uh, playing late Monday night. The emotions of Monday night then traveling across the country, going to New England, taking on the Patriots in an early start. That's tough for me with some of the health that they've got. I wouldn't count on the Raiders this week against New England, and I think that New England, even though they had their own long trip back from Seattle, at least they had a day to prepare, and I think there's a bit of a chip on their shoulder. I mentioned it before, I can't trust any Texan right now, and that includes Deshaun Watson, especially against uh, Pittsburgh, so I am going to be Texan-free. And I told you on Tuesday's podcast that dropped – don't give up on Adam Thielen just yet. I'm expecting a monster game from Dalvin Cook. I can't believe that the Vikings are this bad this quickly. So I think that Dalvin Cook has uh, something cooking against the Titans coming up in week three. I like what uh, what The Rock is cooking. Look, uh, everybody's bailing and the narrative of the Tom Brady washed uh, means you didn't watch the game. Scotty Miller, our guy, Dan Byer. <laughs> yes. Our guy oh, man. dropped one. LaShawn <laughs> McCoy, he dropped one. There's two touchdown passes. Tom Brady would be looking a lot Should better in people's eyes, right? 400 yards, according to Arians. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they, you're looking at that. Not to mention Ronald Jones dropping the would-be handoff, uh, which may put him in the doghouse and gave Fournette his big day. So Tom Brady, not the greatest of matchups on paper, uh, but I'm looking for him to get it done. Don't trust the quarterbacks and their rushing stats. Don't count on those week in, week out. Uh, you would draft Josh Allen because that's part of the mix, but you know there are going to be lean days. This is going to be one of them. Uh, the cautionary tale player of the week, as much as you know I love love and celebrate them. Friends of ours that work on the network, uh, I'm going to text George Reister as soon as we're done saying more than a running back, Josh <laughs> Allen. We fought a lot last year over that very note. Uh, I echo your thoughts on the Houston Texans. Uh, and then for my last note, get some popcorn. Dallas, Seattle, everybody plays, everybody wins. We're going to have us a, a rocking time during that one. Thanks to Lee DeLapp, the executive producer of this show. Lee Mayak as well for all of the help that she's provided this episode of I Want Your Flex. That's where you can find us on Twitter at I Want Your Flex. Send us your uh, Twitter questions or lineup issues there. Uh, the sooner the better, by the way. Less than 60 minutes before kickoff. Sometimes it gets good. a little hairy, but if you can uh, if you can do that, find Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome. He's there for you. You can find me at Dan Bayer on Fox. And uh, We'll find you bright and early on Tuesday morning with our next episode, recapping what should be a magnificent week three. We'll talk to you then.